I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. We're back. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I honestly think this is the longest mm-hmm. period of my life since 2012 where I have not recorded a single podcast episode and uh, it's been fun. Nice to be back. Yeah, it's so good to be back. It's great to see you. It's great to see you. We're usually so busy uh-huh. and when we see each other, it's just like in passing. <laughs> We don't well, we have... went to L- we had a whole time in LA over That's Christmas. True. We did. That was fun. That was fun. That we was had a lunch wedding. one time. We did have lunch. Oh man, that roast beef sandwich at Darwin Cafe. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to our unofficial, <laughs> not sponsored Darwin Cafe. <laughs> you the real one. Just a place we like to go. <laughs> um, well, you know who's been super active is our Facebook community they in the sure intro and Twitter. Uh, I just don't have that as handy to look at, but. Uh, uh, can I take a second to go over some things that we got on our Facebook? You can take far more than a second. <laughs> As you I think d- it'll take you at least that long. Oh, it's going to take a bit. <laughs> uh, it's our our online community is facebook.com slash red all over. And we are super active on there, even when mm-hmm. the new season's not out. But oh, uh, I have some opinions I'm going to need to share here. Great. In a moment. Uh, I'm going to tee you up perfectly and you can go knock it off. Metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> BT Dub, there's a song that you might like on this new season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend called Sports Analogies, Ooh. and it's about how men can only talk to each other yeah. via sports analogies. It's very funny. Anyway. <coughs> cool. <laughs> Listen, I'm just choking on my own saliva. All like right. a grown woman. From our Facebook page, we have shout out to Mary Butcher Feagley who uh, is a Venmo supporter of ours sometimes. And she wants to know if we saw the cameo of a handmaid on Will and Grace this week. Uh, no, because I always forget that there are new episodes of that. Yeah, but I keep hearing about it. So definitely want to watch. Love I'll that. Catch up. I love new Will and Grace so much more than old Will and Grace. Wow. I think they're just so mean on old Will and Grace. They are. That used they to be a have thing. Gotten much nicer. <laughs> cool. So good job, Mwichnik. Yeah. Shout out to Danielle Blake. Uh, shout out to Jill. Oh boy, sorry, Jill. Jill Peter Zaukowski Jones. Thanks, bud. Um, she just wants Petrowski. to say hi. I'm not looking. Uh, it is Petrowski. Okay, sorry, great. Jill. Uh, she <laughs> says no questions, just joy. Can't wait to listen. Here you go. Uh, Rachel Price also has no questions. Thanks, Rach. Uh, <laughs> Thank okay. you so much for registering your, your like, go ahead. You're like, no, 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 no questions. <laughs> Present and accounted for. Uh, she says we're her favorite imaginary internet friends. Guess what? We're your real friends. <gasps> Why have you stopped inviting us to brunch? Oh, my God. I'm so hungry. <laughs> uh, I just keep waiting. <laughs> this one's very weird. I can't tell if this is something we have said before, <laughs> but it's very funny. Kayla Belk Sargent says, I'm hoping you'll use the term crotch fruit at least once to describe any sort of Gileadian fetus, pardon me, fetus, baby, or child. So crotch I fruit. Don't remember us. I feel like I would remember. I know. <laughs> Like, I will sometimes say fruit of the loin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or fruit of the loom or fruit right, right. of the womb. Right, right, But I don't think we've ever said crotch fruit. Well, it I, seems like, like a jackfruit thing. Like, oh, is ew. it like a high protein, like meat substitute? Yeah, but uh, crotch fruit. Keep it in mind, Rachel. Nope. 
<laughs> sorry. So sorry. I can't do it. This one is kind of an update. Rachel Kenneth wants us to remind her of our other podcasts because she misses us. And uh, uh, well, mine is no more. Uh, and uh, mine is no more. <laughs> yeah. So um, this uh, is the only one we got. This is what we got. But we do make com- uh, frequent appearances on other podcasts. Like you were on Star Wars Minute a couple oh, of times. Yeah. I was like, am I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, OK. Wait. Am I? Is this true? What? I'm like, I don't even remember when I recorded for Star Wars. It was a while but. and I posted on our page before. Yeah. But um, anyway, um, if you want, like, there's a huge back catalog of my other podcast up here mm-hmm. downstairs. It's like 300 episodes or something. Um, right. So if you want to check that out, feel free. We are going to record an episode about the Downton Abbey movie when it comes out. Oh, sweet. AKA the most unnecessary movie ever made. And yes, I'm including both Sex and the City movies. How dare you? The first Sex and the City movie is dope. Okay. Uh, and as for my other <laughs> podcast, Failure to Launch, we don't even have a back catalog anymore because we forgot to renew our SoundCloud uh, oh, membership. Gino. So uh, we're on uh, extended hiatus for that. But I will be on season two of Vicious Cycle, which is a podcast about periods and the people who get them. So I'll post that when that's up. Woo. Now, a lot of people ask this, so I'm just going to condense it to the first person I saw who asked it. And everybody else, consider yourself shouted out. Consider yourself. Shout it out. <laughs> we saw your comment on the Facebook. But the first person to ask us about this. Artfully dodged. <laughs> the first person to ask us about this oh is God. Angela Solfaro Menconi, who wants us to think about the meaning of the Testaments cover. And the Testaments, as you remember, is Maggiette's not asked for sequel <laughs> to Handmaid's Tale that's coming out. Nobody wants this, Maggie. It's coming out uh, September 10th, 2019. Ooh, bold move. Just pre nine. Um, so, have you seen the cover of this? I have seen the cover. It's green. And you noticed something about it that I didn't. What, in- that the woman is a collarbone? hmm Which, I mean, it's a collarbone and it also looks a little bit like Christ on the cross. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yes, that's, that's kind of the extent of it. If I was going to really put on my hat and, like, really earn my comparative literature uh, half degree, I would say that... The difference of Handmaid's Tale being a red motif and this one being a green motif is sort of like new beginnings and plants, right? New things versus red, which Um, is blood, which is a sort of genesis in itself. Green Lantern, Green Goblin, Green Gables, like the list goes on. (laughs) So you're right. So that's kind of all I have to say about this until we get more information. I mean... There's no world where I'm not going to read yeah, this. Yeah, look, we're going to read it. Yeah. I'm probably going to shit on it, but maybe we're going to fucking love it. I think like, with- I'm fully open to the reality yeah. where we read it and we're like, oh my God, we were wrong to doubt you, Maggie Atts. <laughs> you know what? It turns out For this sure. was great. For sure. But I just, I mean, again, I'm just going to reiterate mm-hmm. that I think The Handmaid's Tale, the book, and mm-hmm. like the amount of story that it covers is such a perfect little nugget. I agree. This is why... Our official position is that season two of Handmaid's Tale didn't need to happen. Mm-hmm. Season three of Handmaid's Tale didn't need to happen. Season 10 definitely doesn't need oh, to happen. Bruce? Yeah. Bruce? 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 Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but thanks for everybody who talked to us about the Testaments cover. When more information comes out, maybe we'll do an episode devoted to it. Who knows? We're busy. Uh, Emily Williams, hi. Allison Mick, hi. Yes, I can smell your farts. 
Uh, oh, Allison. Um, Sue Bernardi Johnson, another uh, Venmo contributor, uh, which you can contribute to our Venmo at yeah, Venmo dot- Venmo.com slash right all over. Right, just- we would love your dollars. Yeah. Uh, I just did our taxes <laughs> and we'd love your dollars. Yeah. Uh, but Sue Bernardi Johnson <laughs> says that she's made a handmaid's soundtrack on Apple Music that you should check out. So definitely go to this thread on our Facebook page. She made a whole playlist. That's kind of cool. I'm gonna listen to it. Hi, Aaron Hickey. Happy birthday month, Emily Carson Vanderquak. Oh my God. Love it's you, Quacky. birthday month? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, hey, Eden Sayatu. Uh, the Testaments is coming on Tara D'Angelo Luzon's birthday, so happy birthday in advance. Hey, birthday month, can you get me the audiobook, please? Because please. I have to, like, take, I have to, like, get my steps in, okay? <laughs> uh, you know I'm not allowed to read. Uh, hi, Bailey Wellman. Hi, Elaine Gray. We talked about your question. Michelle Morgan, frequent tweeter. Michelle Morgan asked, can we be friends? Michelle, we have told you you're our friend, but once again, have seen nary a brunch invite from you. <laughs> so at least the other person who tweeted us this week asked if we could be impregnated and record a podcast for her. So and the answer was no. The answer was no. But <laughs> <laughs> at least if you're going to be a friend like offer us something like brunch first yeah. um and like we'll pay for our own brunch it's more about oh, like take course. the initiative pick a place we'll see uh oh, don't pick a place where they don't have a liquor license because i hate when they put soju in a bloody mary i feel like that is an abomination <laughs> um anyway uh madison Trusolino has a really thoughtful question. Ooh. She says, I've been thinking a lot about whether or not I actually enjoy watching The Handmaid's Tale or if I watch it because it's well-crafted important show. I know you've both talked about this a bit, but having a bit of distance from the show, what are your feelings now? So do you enjoy watching The Handmaid's Tale? It's like so hard to <laughs> say because we have this podcast, so yes. it takes on the flavor of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I enjoy breaking it down with you. Yes. So I think yes. Um, but also they just they make a lot of choices that baffle me that do ding my enjoyment of the show. I was just thinking about this earlier when I was making broth. Um, <laughs> the most Kelly Anakin sentence that's ever been said. Listen, um, I'm getting really into like <laughs> mindful cooking. You're a soup witch. Yes, I am a soup witch. Um, but I was just remembering again that they killed Eden, a perfectly fertile young woman. Mm, I know. And like, it's much more that it's like, I'll watch a thing that's hard to watch. You know, I'm going to watch the final season of Game of Thrones, even though oh, I, I think that show has gone off the rails. I love it on so many levels. Uh-huh. But like. You know, everything I watch is hard to watch to the point where I think maybe I need to reevaluate what I'm watching. <laughs> but like, okay, so I just watched um, The Assassination of Johnny Versace, American oh, yeah. Crime Story Season 2. I've been going on a whole Ryan Murphy-verse tear. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get to the end of the shows that I'm watching. Uh-huh. Like, am I going to have to go back to Nip Tuck? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, but it's just like, you know, everything I watch is like people getting horribly murdered yeah. and like sexual assault and stuff like that. But the big problem for me on Handmaid's Tale is just when they have like storytelling failures. <laughs> um, but I mean, it takes me out of it. And it's like, you know, you can bounce quarters off the world that Maggie Atts built. And it's like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna expand it, just be consistent. 
Right. And again, I just think the biggest the biggest mistake that they made is killing Eden yeah. when she had two perfectly viable ovaries. I know. Um, I have to say my reaction is similar. I really, really enjoy having this podcast. I mm-hmm. cannot like I, I don't, love the community that we have. I don't think that I am as grateful, demonstrably grateful for this platform as I should be because I was always a person in school that like guys i have so many strong feelings about all these books i need to talk about <laughs> who we would date but also symbolism and so to have as like an who adult would you, who would you date in the book yes okay cool it, it, just so to have yeah, found we are, we're about to have that conversation about the movie that we're talking about today to, so to have found you as my friend kelly in the micro and i found all of you guys as my pretend internet friends in the macro uh, that like to listen to me blather about books like that is my favorite part of this handmade sale experience mm-hmm. um do i enjoy watching the show it is hard on my heart but it's also i will say that it's f- so thrilling mm-hmm. in parts that it is really fun yeah. and i consume a lot of I mean, comedy and so Whitford this watch is... alone was yeah. <laughs> the cultural highlight of 2018 right i think we can all agree so it's fun i cannot i cannot last 10 seasons of this and i do dread a little bit getting back to the horror of the handmaid's tale but overall yeah i think i enjoy it okay cool uh and this last question will lead us perfectly into what we are talking about today which is mary elizabeth who asks what is y'all's respective favorite l woods quote oh my gosh (sighs) me Uh, yeah, I have to say the th- one that I think about a lot, and we will talk about this in our discussion today, but the thing that I think ab- and I like mutter to myself a lot is, this is I know. <laughs> I just look, I, I'm a weirdo. Know, like how often I think about you in that story where you were muttering to yourself and your boss was like, what? And you're like, oh, uh, Hamilton's, Hamilton's face is relentless. Him. He wastes no time. <laughs> think yeah. about it all the time and That's i love a it so real much. thing that happened but the one i think to myself <laughs> to like fortify myself is i'll show you how valuable l woods mm, can be that's a good one my second one is um and whoever said orange is the new pink is seriously disturbed i yes. think that like that's like apropos of nothing that's just yeah. like my like homer simpson like organ grinder monkey like turkey <laughs> in the straw thought that i have all the time well the reason we're talking about this is because since there's no new season of the handmaid's tale till april um we have to take a break from the abject horror okay wait though i want to talk about the season three stuff that we know so far what uh, do we know? We know oh, that yeah. Christopher Maloney Ooh. and Elizabeth Reeser are going to be in it, and Ooh. I am aroused. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I'm ah, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. Uh, we're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. And there is a teaser, yes. which we obviously don't have a reaction for at this point. But we'll talk, like we'll we'll talk about it on the Facebook page. By the time this is posted, we will have already talked about it. Right. And what I like too is I liked what we did last year where we really granularly broke mm-hmm. down the trailer. Well, so once we have be, a good trailer. This isn't going to be a trailer. This is going to be like a scene, I right. think. But don't you worry, guys. This episode is just us you know, spin in our wheel until we have some handmade self content. Well, and that's a special Galentine's or Palentine's Day uh, <laughs> treat for y'all. That's nice. Yeah. But I yes, know. I too am excited about Christopher Maloney. I think he's fine. Uh, Elizabeth- I would especially like it if there was a scene of Christopher Maloney making out with Whitford. Uh, yes. Just or putting it out there to the universe. Talking to a can of peace. 
Um, also, if anybody has like a very like hairy mm. friend who's single and is a Taurus or a Leo, mm. I'm very receptive to that right now. So like if you know someone in the Bay, um, preferably yeah. like no more than eight miles from my apartment. Hashtag Bay in the Bay. Hashtag eight mile. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Find Kelly a boyfriend. Jokes and jokes and jokes. Spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah. So. But today. Today. For our Galentine's Palentine special. Oh, you mean today. On this perfect day. Nothing standing in my way. Oh, man. So we are going to be talking the 2001 hit that we talked about almost every other episode of this fucking podcast it's way way up there we're talking about legally blonde oh my gosh i'm I, so lit you guys like, i am ready you want to talk about something that sparks joy oh like, my god like if marie kondo came to your house <laughs> anything legally blonde uh-huh. adjacent she'd be like sparks joy keep Spark it joy, keep it keep fold it keep it, it keep, keep it, it. it fold it Oh, you know Elle Woods folds all of her shit into thirds. Like, you just uh, know. Listen, Elle Woods is a goddess. <laughs> so I would like to ask you, what is... How did you watch this movie initially? I do not remember. I okay. did just look and, up the release date. It was July 13th, 2001. So pre-9-11. Pre-9. Because mm-hmm. basically, like, we were a couple minutes into this movie and I was like, Molly... <laughs> was this pre 9-11 like it just feels so uncomplicated <laughs> like the biggest problem that people have Ugh. is victor garber sexually harassing them were we ever that young <laughs> we were i know like i know that i watched it before i went to college mm-hmm. and i think that we watched it a lot in my dorm room with mm-hmm. my horrible roommates who were very mean to me mm-hmm. um well tell the story then that you told me this morning about your experience watching this oh movie. okay this was by far not the first time that i watched it but <laughs> I got married in 2001. Oh. And there was a... I'm sorry. That I got married in 2006. Okay. I'm drunk on broth. <laughs> oh, D-O-B. <laughs> drunk on broth. Please. Hashtag 8 Mile. Hashtag Bay in the Bay. Hashtag D-O-B. Check, check uh, Apple Music for my parody single, uh, Drunk on Broth, based on Beyonce and JC's Drunk in Love. Drunk on broth. <laughs> you heat it all night. Surfboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay, so I got married in 2006. Yes. There was like a day between the wedding and us going on our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. So we were like packing. It had been like a whole brutal wedding planning process. Like when you've been raised in two psychotically Catholic families mm-hmm. and you're like, we're not getting married Catholic because we don't believe that shit. Mm-hmm. Whew. You know, I get why people just fucking go along with it. <laughs> anyway, but we were back at our apartment and we were like packing for our honeymoon and it was like TBS or TNT or somebody was like showing Legally Blonde. And I don't know if cable companies still do this because I cut the cord, but they were showing Legally Blonde like back to back. And so as we were like packing for our trip to Hawaii, we watched Legally Blonde like three and a half times. And now knowing that my spouse is a trans woman, I'm like, oh, all kinds of dots. Makes a lot more sense because I was just like, oh, my God, what a cool dude. He is so down with the Elwood struggle. That's so funny. (laughs) Turns out she just liked the clothes as much as me. You know what? Who doesn't? Um, my experience with this. So when this came out, I was in fourth or fifth grade. Excuse I, me, I need to just go get. Uh, 
gotta go get my cane (laughs) (laughs) and my mom didn't let me see this wow that's the theme of every single movie we've watched shocking though there's nothing objectionable in this movie (sighs) i know uh there's so there's sex there is sex stuff but very innuendo e-sex stuff that would have gone right over really the only thing that's explicit is the conversation about sperms i would have let a I would let a 10-year-old watch That's this movie. That's just biological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But my parents really, like, my parents were really worried about masturbation in particular. Oh, yeah. Like, we were watching an episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway? And, like, there was, like, a joke about masturbation. And, like, one of my brothers was like, I don't get it. My <gasps> mom was just like, that's something sinful that single people do. And I have to tell you right now, number one, not single. Number two, married people do too, mom. <laughs> Sorry, your life sucks. Yeah, sometimes people who have been in a happy relationship for five years have to go jerk it in the bathroom every so often. <laughs> just because they see a really good episode of Crashing and forget that they have a crush on Pete Holmes sometimes. Ew. Well, no He's accounting like for chicklets. I'm into it. Okay. I want to sit right, on look. him. Well, speaking of problematic crushes. Anyway. Put a pin in that for this um, episode. So anyway, so my friend Jade, who had a single mom who let her watch a lot of cool things. Shout out to you, Mrs. Onkin. You're the coolest. (laughs) Um, She had seen it. And so one time when she came over, I'm like, you must tell me scene by scene what happens in Legally Blonde because I am dying to watch it. And so Jade, God bless her, sat me down and like told me basically line by line this entire movie i got it she's like one of my coolest friends ever but there was so much that got lost in translation if you were like me and just like didn't know what certain things are so the most memorable thing the two most memorable things i remember was uh for the liposuction um plot line Uh uh-huh according to jade brooke says i was getting my ass sucked and i was like what yeah, it's <laughs> a different goes, thing, which really didn't get popular until no. recently. So uh, <laughs> for many years, I thought that you took out your stomach fat via your butthole and like a vacuum. Uh, I so mean, that it was would one. be more convenient. Right. Less scarring. And the number two thing that I misinterpreted about Jade's description of this movie is she goes, and then <laughs> her professor hits on her. And I'm like, no. And she says, yeah. And I'm like, he just up and hits her. <laughs> and Jade, I think, misunderstood my question. So she's like, yeah. <laughs> so years later, as oh a God, as a I shit you not, I was probably like a teenager when I first saw this movie. As that scene is coming, I'm like bracing myself. It's like he is gonna fucking clock her out of nowhere. And like, oh no, 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 hitting on. Oh my god. But um ever since then I have deeply deeply love this movie phenomenal so thanks jade you the real one all right so okay, great i'm gonna be honest um i didn't write a ton of notes yeah, me neither. Uh, and my pen started to run out halfway between oh. so and we don't need to go no no, no but i want to like because i love the opening sequence oh. is so fucking beautiful oh. i doubt those are reese witherspoon's actual hands mm-hmm. my big question in this montage as we see so there's a card for l mm-hmm. getting passed all through her sorority and we mm. kind of see campus life at uh c-u-l-a uh-huh. <laughs> i really hope i'm gonna look this up but like is there like a list somewhere of like fictional <laughs> colleges and universities in yeah. pop culture she's just like she's like putting on a top coat mm. and like we're seeing all these like as facets of her hoku life. is playing yes. hoku was a big deal for me i like stayed up late to watch hoku on the nickelodeon version of trl one time and i own this album and it's a wow. great album i did not know this was a band yeah um. oh she's she's not a band she's a movement oh um, i'm so sorry okay i remember playing my wait uh, that same day when i w- stayed up to see hoku on nickelodeon i brought my cousin i'm like i'm gonna show 
you the coolest music. It's Hoku. Is she like Poe for your generation? Like I'm trying to like place this. I'm not sure what Poe po Edgar Allen. <laughs> I don't have time. Okay, anyway, to get into Daniel. Uh, I'm sorry to Mark Z. Danielewski's House of Leaves with you and like I know what House of Leaves is. Do you know? But you don't know who Poe is. No. Ah. Oh. His sister, okay, she wrote a whole album that goes with the book. Oh, um, no, 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 I just bought the but book. But she's also somebody who Kat Stratford and 10 Things I Hate About You has on her binder. Okay, um, okay, anyway, anyway, well, Hoku we're ain't that good. Far afield. Anyway, sorry, go My ahead. My real question for you are French tips still a thing? I'm so glad that you've asked this because this is a fairly recent uh, upswing. <laughs> so, recently, as like within the last week, so this is what, February 3rd. So, the last week of September 2019, Kim Kardashian posted a picture on her Instagram with French tips. Okay. And then it spurned all these articles are like, are French tips back? And if anybody could bring them back, it would be Kim Kardashian. I but, agree. and because they've brought, she has like single handedly brought back so many crappy crappy 90s mm-hmm. trends i'm not a fan of french tips because the only two places i have seen them prior to this was weddings okay or in pornography oh so i always if oh. i see a french tip i imagine it's spreading a labia so are you saying- <laughs> it's just the kind of guy i am so if i'm trying to get yeah. laid are you saying i should do french tips uh sure (laughs) i think it's like a a sign i've never like i've never really been a huge fan of them there was like a period in my life where i was doing it it actually was at the same time as this movie yeah um we all did i know we all thought it was fine yeah and yeah i don't know like it's like if i wanted my nails to look normal i would just not polish them exactly and there's so many other more fun ways to play with the negative space on your nails like hit me up i have a great nail lady in almost every city. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. She's got nail techs in different area codes. I really, really do. Um, <laughs> anyhow. So, yes. I think that's a gorgeous opening montage. And, oh, my God. I need to do some research on this right quick. The thing that I noticed this time that I have never seen in this movie before. This is based on a goddamn book. It is based on a book. It is in the, you know, uh, I love the font. I love the color of all of the opening titles. And it says it's based on a book. And we both like to die right here on my beautiful article sofa. We are not sponsored by article. I just really love my sofa. And it was just like how like because I think I speak for us both when I say we love a film based on a book and we love a book that a film was based on. Oh, yeah. And particularly for me, I really love what at this time would have been called like. I forget what it would have been called back then, but like now they call it like new adult or something like that. But it's basically like, it's like romance novels that are a little bit more poppy, like chick lit, I guess. Yeah. So this Um, is Legally Blonde by Amanda Brown, which came, holy cow, how can that be? So it says the book came out in June 2001. How did the movie come out in July? Anyway, this bears uh, more looking into. My suspicion yeah we definitely need to look into this but like it is probably a situation where like she was selling the book and they optioned the book at the same time that makes sense and they were like oh my god like let's like package this and make it like right an addition anyway so because it says it was based on uh, amanda brown's experience while enrolled in stanford law school so interest definitely adding it Couldn't to get the, the list rights to stanford could we now <laughs> legally blonde the movie uh <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I love a I love a chiclet book. That sounds awesome. 
Chiclet books, chiclet teeth. The Molly <laughs> story. True. <laughs> True. I love I I have to say one of my favorite scenes is a classic scene in this, which I believe is like the millennial version of the big mistake. Huge. Uh-huh. Uh, where she goes into the store and they try to sell her a half loop uh-huh. top stitching on low viscosity and rayon. What struck me on this watch through, like when I first saw this, you know, at the tender age of 18, like that sales clerk seemed so elderly to me. I know. And watching it now, I'm like, <laughs> she's my age. Did she tell you that? <laughs> uh, uh, that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. And it's absurd. It is absurd. And what I love about this, just from a screenplay standpoint, is they established right out of the gate how smart Elle Woods is. Mm-hmm. And like, she is never dumb for a second. And I think with less careful handling, she would have been dumb who became smart. Yeah, and the only person who ever like says she's not smart to her face is Warner. Right. Like everybody else at times treats her like she's not smart, uh-huh. but he's the only one with the balls, yeah. with the absolute oh, audacity to say it to her face. Yeah. And I've got to give credit where credit is due. This movie uh, was written by Karen McCullough and Kirsten Kiwi Smith. These are the two women screenwriting team who also wrote 10 Things I Hate About You. I believe they also wrote She's the Man. Did they not? I think so, which is another great movie. Which is a movie, movie I should revisit because I really like David Cross as whatever like authority oh, figure he is Oh, he's so in great that. in that movie. But yeah. what's interesting about this is that they wrote this via snail mail together. Oh my God. They would they lived at opposite ends of the country and would mail drafts of this screenplay to each other. And this was amazing. Yeah. I think they used some kind of like courier service, so it got there faster. But still, like, if you think you and your BFF can't collaborate just because you don't live close, uh, these guys will prove you wrong. And they just did just such an excellent job on honestly all three of those screenplays. And I also want to say, I think, like, this movie lives and dies on Reese Witherspoon's performance. Oh, yes. Anybody who was surprised that Reese Witherspoon won an Oscar, first of all, uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, Go fuck yourself. But number two, (laughs) the performance in this movie, like, she just makes Elle Woods, she makes her bubbly and smart and fun and, and just... She's captivating. Oh, yeah. And she is so human and believable. I agree. And I believe it is in the script, except for like a couple exceptions, which we'll get to that (laughs) are our respective least favorite parts of this movie, which is like saying, oh, the crust is my least favorite part of the pizza. Wow. Um, Some people do say that and I just can't. It is my least favorite part of the pizza. Wow. I'm learning so many things about you. (laughs) Look. It's the gift that keeps on giving this podcast. <laughs> the plot of the movie in broad strokes, and then we can just kind of like maybe just chat through highlights, low lights. Sure. <laughs> so Elle Woods is the president of her sorority, Delta Nu, uh-huh. at CULA. <laughs> and she thinks she's about to get proposed to by her boyfriend, Warner Huntington III. <laughs> well, yeah. And he is like, he's so like a Brett Easton Ellis, like, douchebag in this like from the get-go that is saying a lot about him no and it's like 2001 and that it's is, like why are you dressed like the 1980s guy he is from like Futurama? way too stupid to be a brett easton ellis character <laughs> he is like uh your 
asshole college boyfriend's paper on Brett Easton House. <laughs> like, it is not even... I would not even... Yeah, no. At any rate, she thinks that he's going to propose to her because he just had lunch with his grandma mm. who has the six-carat Harry Winston diamond mm. ring that I guess has been passed down his family. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to criticize some details later put a pin in this kelly putting it so anyway he's like no actually i'm breaking up with you because i'm about to go to law school and like you're not serious enough for me and he says that he needs a jackie not a marilyn which is absurd because marilyn monroe was so smart yeah i just listened to the you must remember this series on dead blondes which i was very resistant to um, yeah. but it was actually really good. Yeah. And it's not Marilyn and Marilyn in particular. I was like, okay, cool. It's not her fault. She had endometriosis. No, it is a scourge. Yeah. My mom had it for years. I'm like, Ugh. I bet our relationship would have been better if like women's health was prioritized America. <laughs> At any rate, she decides that what she's going to do is get into Harvard law mm-hmm. and win him back. And mm-hmm. she does it. It is one of the all time great montages like AFI, oh. where's your list of the top 100 montages of all time? And again, that montage gets me through tough career times. Yeah. 1,000%. And- I have a picture of Elwood's taped to my cubicle Aww. so that I never forget. And it's her. It's a. There's not a high-res version of this picture. I yeah. wish there were. But it's a, the scene where she's in line buying a computer in yeah. the bunny suit. I that's have it on my desk. Montage. Oh, that's the montage where she's already at Harvard. Oh, you're talking about I'm the talking training about montage. The training montage. I apologize. And what's remarkable about this like first act of the movie where Elle like comes up with this plan mm-hmm. is the way that virtually everybody except her parents like she's like I'm going to go to law school and everybody's like okay cuz she's a fashion merchandising major and her like guidance counselor's like um maybe not and Elle's like I'm gonna do this and her guidance counselor's like okay uh, get this score on your LSATs have a really great college admissions essay you know she tells her all the things to do and Elle Woods she's a getting she it done kind of lady does it and her whole sorority what, helps like it's her hard? <laughs> that is another contender for greatest Elle. like how can you choose there's so many beautiful bon mots in this movie so she does it she uh has a coppola direct her admissions <laughs> essay which is a video mm-hmm. she was in a ricky martin video by the way ricky martin very good in the assassination of johnny versace yes. so good oh my god and fucking penelope cruz as donatella <laughs> anyway i have various donatella versace impressions if you are interested uh, at a later at, date yeah i was gonna say not this time mm-hmm. but i would love to see them okay. did you were you an ugly betty fan yes i love the episode where mark had to go work for their like knockoff donatella versace and mm-hmm. vanessa williams was like have you been smoking uh, and he goes she makes me <laughs> yes Anyway, I miss smoking. R.I.P. You to real one. Also, kudos to Walgreens for not being like CBS and still selling cigarettes. Um, okay, so, so she gets to Harvard, mm-hmm. and everybody is just like, "Whoa! Mm-hmm. How did she get here?" Mm-hmm. And everybody's like making fun of her and like being super mean. To be fair, she is woefully unprepared. She is woefully unprepared, but they start being mean to her because she looks fine as hell and very she relatable wears, she's wearing a non-autumnal color palette right which is pretty much all anybody there is doing true so she discovers that her ex-boyfriend warner mm-hmm. has already done gone proposed to selma blair Mm-mm. who was his girlfriend in prep school and mm-hmm. somehow in the three months 
since he graduated from CULA, uh, have decided they're going to get hitched. Right. And there's a lot of contention between L and Vivian Kensington. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to criticize. So Warner's name is Warner Huntington the Third. He has a brother named like Putnam something Huntington the Third. That is impossible. Like that can't happen because the whole thing with like a legacy name like that is like, okay, so let's say I'm just going to flip this on its head. Let's say you had a grandmother named Molly Sanchez. Yeah. That was the first Molly Sanchez. I did. <laughs> Did you really? No. No, I'm like, <laughs> oh, yes. Very anyway, common Mexican name, Molly. <laughs> so then Molly Sanchez would have to have a daughter. It's usually the oldest one. It doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. but named Molly Sanchez II. Uh-huh. Then that Molly Sanchez has another daughter. Yes. Named Molly Sanchez the third. Right. So you can't have a the third, I do not think, who isn't the same name as the parent who's like, sperm or egg created them okay and so so there's no way that warner hunting the third has another sibling who's also got the third after his name i see well what you don't know is warner has two dads (laughs) that's the woke part about this (laughs) and it doesn't even come up in a movie that is rife with stereotypes about queer people boy they really could have saved us all some trouble right Okay, so she decides to get serious about law school. Because Warner says to her face that she's not smart enough to be in law school. And, you know, that he maintains he needs to be with somebody serious, blah, blah, blah. Which, can I just interject and say, that is like one of the best songs in the Legally Blonde musical, which is genuinely great. Is There's this song called Serious, and it's okay. really great. I have never listened to the Legally Blonde <laughs> Broadway musical, which is kind of odd. It is. It's it's very fun. It is. No, I'm just going to say it's just real fun. That's great. I also haven't listened to the Mean Girls one either. So maybe I'll. I haven't listened to that one, but I'm maybe excited I'll, about that maybe one. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Do Legally Blonde first. Cool. Okay. okay. So she decides to get serious. And that's the montage that you're thinking of where she is. Mm-hmm. She's been tricked by Vivian into coming to a serious law student party. She told her it was a costume party. So Elle comes dressed as a Playboy bunny. A walking felony. Yes. Then there's the montage. Oh, right. And Luke Wilson is here also. Mm-hmm. Just And that's about as much as that deserves. <laughs> um, just we think that Luke Wilson shot all of his stuff on the same day. And they were like, okay, just look like supportive and bemused. Which honestly, if if I could install in my life where like every time I make a hard decision, I look over my shoulder and there's Luke Wilson like <laughs> nodding at me. I'd be like, that's fine. That sounds great. Um, so she's like, okay, I'm going to like try hard and study. And so she like keeps doing better and better in class. Oh my God. She's amazing law professors played by Holland Taylor, number mm-hmm. one bay of my number one bay, Sarah Paulson <laughs> and Victor Garber. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so both Holland Taylor and Victor Garber are also queer. Just point that out mm-hmm. in real life. Um, Victor Garber is aggressively heterosexual in this movie. Yes. So he's like, oh, hey, Elwoods, apply to be my, like, law intern. Mm -hmm. So they get this big, like, murder trial involving Allie Larder Mm -hmm. of the Final Destination movies. Right. Of the Um, Final Destination Larders. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Linda Cardellini of the Freaks and Geeks Cardellinis. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Elle gets drafted on this, like, special, like, team of first year interns who are helping out with this really high profile murder case i would think Mm -hmm. if i was running a prestigious boston uh, law firm perhaps those students would take over more routine filing (laughs) and maybe some of the more senior interns would help on this murder case right anyway i feel like people who watch this movie who have any kind of legal background do the thing i do when i watch any (laughs) pop culture about the comedy industry and i'm like that's not how it goes 
You're wrong, nightmare. <laughs> so if you're a lawyer and you hate this movie, I understand. So they're like trying to like defend this woman, and it turns out she was also a Delta New, and so she trusts Elwoods mm-hmm. much more than any of these like East Coast fuddy daddies. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, uh, Brooke Wyndham, you could have just hired a like California law firm. That's like totally a thing, right? And they're like trying the case, and L just continues to dazzle. And then Victor Garber is like, hey, gonna put my hand up your screen. (laughs) Um, L tries to quit, but then unbelievably supportive Luke Wilson and his heinous center part are like, no, don't quit. You can like try the whole case. His center part makes her whole. I hate that is like my one huge criticism of this movie and this era. Oh, I thought you were going to say that was the center. The, my criticism of you. No, <laughs> you were always making puns. No, 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 no. I just don't like a center part. I don't think okay. it does favors for anybody's face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look, it was the early aughts. The twin mm-hmm. towers had not fallen. We didn't know. We d- <laughs> there was we so much that divide, <laughs> divide. The center guess, part was the only what? thing yeah. that divided us. Here's what I'm going to say. If you do a center part, the terrorists win. So she tries the case and like splits it wide open. It turns out that Chutney, a.k.a. Linda Cardellini, a.k.a. the daughter of Raquel Welch for some reason. Mm -hmm. I just feel like Raquel Welch was just like walking past the set one day. (laughs) And they were like, hey, Raquel Welch, do you want to be in this? And she was like, all right. Sure. So she wins the case. We flash forward. She's like the class elected speaker and valedictorian and all this amazing stuff. Oh my God. And she has an amazing female friendship with Jennifer Coolidge, who is her nail tech. And she's in love with the UPS guy who's Mm. like strikingly handsome. Yes. Um, And they get together because of the bend and snap. Mm hmm. Molly, why oh, don't you talk about, why don't you yeah. talk about what you don't like about this movie? So I feel like this, just from a screenplay standpoint, from a, what we see on TV sc- standpoint, is just like a gorgeous, gorgeous film. The, the only bit of fat in this whole thing is the bend and snap. Now, I realize this is an unpopular opinion. The bend and snap scene is my least favorite scene in this entire movie. Um, and I don't have a reason for it, except it just, to me, feels kind of musical theater e and out of place it works in the musical theater version of mm-hmm. this which does admittedly have a lot of songs that don't need to happen anyhow i, say, I mean like they may have been planning ahead <laughs> truly um but yeah i don't like the bend and snap scene because i think it feels out of place uh though i do like when uh paulette like bonks the yeah. ups guy in the face and but breaks its nose and, and and again as i told you that's when i was meat cute that's a meat ass <laughs> as i told you when i was beefing about this when we were watching it i'm not gonna sit here and tell you i haven't done the bend and snap in real life on multiple occasions bent and snapped oh yes to try to woo a person to my knowledge doesn't work but <laughs> i don't i can't see why it would yeah um but again i feel like our understanding of what men wanted yeah. uh, was very different at this time because it predated the 2003 film <laughs> what women want of course <laughs> We were not even aware of what we wanted until Mel Gibson read our minds. Ah, uh, Mel Gibson. I wish the only mo- two movies Mel Gibson was in. I wish Mel Gibson's reality began and ended at these two movies. Fucking Pocahontas, where he's sexy as fuck in Pocahontas, and uh, The Patriot, where he's also hot. And I wish he just was... That was it. Those are om- All of his identity is that... Done. I just wish Kokuam was real. Oh, like, boy. and I, like, 
I'm going to say two things. Like, yes, Coquam, he's not fulfilling my body hair requirement. And he seems like a Virgo, you oh know, like not a Taurus or a Leo. Hashtag eight mile. Hashtag <laughs> drunk on breath. Hashtag Coquam's a Virgo. We have so much fun. <laughs> okay. Back to Legally Blonde. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. The, the thing that doesn't work for me in this movie yes. is when Elle and Emmett go to the spa. Mm-hmm. Also, all these East Coasters like ragging on spas and self-care and like, get off of my jock. Yeah. Have you ever been to a spa? It no. is magical. <laughs> so they go to the spa to see Raquel Welch. She's doing some treatment that is fake. She's like wrapped up in foil like a baked potato and Yum. she's wearing a blue face mask. Yes. And I'm very confused. But yes, Lush had not yet been invented. Yeah. So there were oh, no blue God. face masks. It was a dark time. God. So on the way out, like they're having this conversation uh, where she's like, she's lying. Also, this never comes to bear because there's no reason well, that Raquel Welch would know anything right. about what happened because she wasn't there. Well, she lies on the stand is is why that's Did important. She? Oh, she because she says that she witnessed Brooke it, in front of the cabana boy topless. And she okay. says she's never met her in that meeting. Oh, okay. So she is lying under okay. oath. Got it, got it. Okay, anyway. Uh, point like, point of order. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Raquel Welch is lying. I object. <laughs> yeah. So Emmett's like, why do you think she's lying? And Elle Woods, who mm-hmm. is like unabashedly pro-woman, apart from yes. some troubling body shame stuff, yes. which is less a character flaw of hers and more a character flaw of the screenplay. Yes. But she's like, did you see the icky brown color of her hair? And like, she has like been dinged for being a blonde by other people, which I right. think is a more than sufficient justification of the title. Sure. Like, this is not a movie where I really need the title to have deeper meaning. Oh, I know. And also, she's saying that to Emmett, who has icky brown hair. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who hovers between brown and blonde, mm-hmm. uh, I felt personally attacked. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how the zeitgeist is not now to make fun of blondes in the way that it was when this came out? And I don't know if it's just we were younger or our culture was different, mm-hmm. but that was like, there was a whole... No, dumb blonde s- dumb jokes blonde for a, a whole total- subgenre. And it's just like... Hair color is random. And yo. now we've learned like, everybody's Didn't you dumb. learn about the fucking peas and Gregor Mendel? God damn. Boy, <laughs> if you thought that we were not going to talk about Legally Blonde and Gregor Mendel in the same breath, I don't know what podcast you like, have been listening to. I just want to say, I feel like the haters on our Apple podcast reviews... <laughs> Like, underestimate us the way that everyone at Harvard underestimates Elle Wood. Exactly. Oh, incidentally, if you haven't dropped a five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts and written a nice review, that would be great. It helps us out a lot when we are recapping The Handmaid's Tale. And I will say, the reviews are overwhelmingly positive. Oh, yeah. Y'all are great. If you've written a nice one. But I I also think it's funny how many of our reviews, because I think we make a bigger deal out of it than it actually is, but so many of our reviews start out with, I don't know what everybody's problem is. This is so great <laughs> so i genuinely think of all of our redheads like a whole delta new house of people who are really having our backs yeah, they're um, definitely like spritzing us with perfume as we are 
going out into the world Absolutely. and doing our doofy well, guardian genuinely, voice. I've heard people talk about this as like a very radically women supporting women movie. Yeah. And I totally think it is because I think in less capable hands, Vivian, the big the big takedown of this movie would be she would say something bitchy to Vivian mm-hmm. and and win that way. Whereas this one, she and Vivian become friends. Even the friends who are not her Harvard friends are still good and yeah. show up for her. There's like not well, an ounce of bitchiness. Even- the only woman in this movie that is like, there's like two women who are genuinely, I think, mean in this movie. And one is Vivian's weird, shitty law school friend yeah. who's like, it's like a smart people thing. Yeah. And Enid Wexler. Enid Wexler. Who, I'm sorry. You know Enid's a turf. Like, for sure. Oh, my God. Enid is a turf. I feel so much better about still hating her. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, just just a quick uh, explainer. If you don't know what turf is, it's trans-exclusionary radical feminists, and it's people who uh, are real dicks about uh, excluding trans women and, and non-binary like, you know people so from funny? feminism. Like, I knew that they existed, but, like, I just don't understand how you get there. I was doing some, like, vague internet researches. Uh-huh. Because I just read this book all about, like, the history of little women. And it was like, I give it only three stars. Like, it was clearly a book that the woman was writing so that it could coincide with the sesquicentennial of little women. That's 150th anniversary. I think it's the ovestrosequennial. Oh, hang on. I'm going to critique that in a hot (laughs) minute. But anyway, like, her big takeaway was, like, that the most, like, analogous thing to little women that we have now is the Gilmore Girls. And I was like, choke on a dick, lady. I hate the Gilmore Girls. Uh, Except for Paris Geller. At any rate. I was like, I wonder if Joe was like a tra- was supposed to be trans. Like I've talked about this with Amy. Whoa. In the past. Well, it's like Joe has a boy's name and Lori has a girl's name. <gasps> and so I was like looking this up and I was just like looking to see like, you know, was there any writing about Fuck. this possible interpretation? Well, and like there's some questions like was Louisa May Alcott trans at a time when like that was not a thing? You are blowing my damn gourd. Anyway, um, fuck yeah, I'm I, here for trans Louisa May Alcott. I will, I'll send you some things, but I did find some other things that was like, Joe Mark is not trans. And like the URL is like, <laughs> is like XX forever. And I'm like, calm down. Like, Jesus Christ. What I think that TERFs don't understand is that nobody's trying to make you be not a woman. Like, (laughs) calm it down. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Uh, So I was being flippant a little bit when I said that about Ian Wexler, but she is also a woman who is like right out of the gate shady to Elle Uh while espousing being a feminist. And what I think is so gorgeous about this movie is I think a trap that I fell into with the art that I consumed as a Mm -hmm. little girl was that the heroines I liked were people who were strong in very masculine ways. Yeah, oh, for sure. And so that really feeds into this... Like brat stalls, I get it. Or Spinelli. (laughs) Oh! Bless bless you, Ashley Spinelli. Spinelli, But I wanted to be a tomboy so bad, even though I hated tomboy things. Anyhow. I mean, I I was an Ashley for days. (laughs) (laughs) You still are. Um, But I think... you're so great. But I think that... um, that sort of notion that was fed to me feeds into kind of a femphobia of like mm-hmm. hating of the hyper feminine. Absolutely. And what's gorgeous about Legally Blonde is that she shines the most and she is no less powerful the more 
you know, feminine. Well, and the argument is, and is the more, that she's the most powerful when she's being the most feminine because she's being true to herself. Right. And that is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I really like that we that this movie shows us that the spectrum of women mm-hmm. can exist. The Paulettes exist. The Holland Taylors exist. You know, the girls who grow up to be Laker girls exist. And the Elle Woods and Vivians fucking coexist because if you are nice to women, you know that femininity is a spectrum, baby. I mean, and Eden, she's in there. And Eden. What I do love about that scene, the scene where Elle tries to join the study group and she's like, I brought sustenance. Ugh. That's another line that I love. Um, I also hate a line reading that Selma Blair gives in that because I learned in acting school the appropriate pronunciation. Anytime you're saying the word T-H-E before a word that begins with a vowel, you should say the. So it should be the answer is no. And she says the answer is no. And that has been driving me crazy for 18 years. Um, Anyway, you're you're all welcome. (laughs) That's a pedantic horn. <laughs> that's uh that's, that's my manny pedantic horn. <laughs> yeah. Um as she's walking away, like again, Enid, complete shithead, is just like maybe there's like a sorority you could join or something. Like and oh, Elle says, man. you know, if you had come to a rush party, I would have at least been nice to you. Yeah. And then Enid's like, oh, is that before you like wouldn't vote to let me in and call me a dyke behind my back? And I just love Elle's response because she does get a dig in it, Vivian, but she's just like, I don't use that word. And Elle Woods would never. She would never. Would never. She would never. Well, right. Well, I think it, it speaks to Elle Woods like radical sweetness and kindness, mm-hmm. which is just a, a character attribute I love to see. And clearly, I mean, that's a great well-written line even Enid's response because it shows that Enid is bringing baggage to this equation yeah and it's like, like there's a whole movie that's called you know legally Enid yeah and I want to know her story but I need her to well, like accept she love graduated with a PhD in women's studies from Berkeley with a focus <laughs> with an emphasis on the history of combat also her argument about the winter semester and the winter ovester okay. are specious you're gonna make me do the pedantic one again <laughs> aren't you yeah i am because okay fundamentally if she wants to win this argument she has to be using the same level on the information architecture hierarchy so semen is the issue of the testicles mm-hmm. an ova or egg mm-hmm. i'm sorry an ovum <laughs> the singular right uh is the issue of the ovaries so you could still call it the ovester Mm. um but like if she's talking about the ovaries then it wouldn't be the semester it'd be the testiculester also to piggyback on this pedantry semester refers to the latin prefix which means a six-month period so it says never about semen eat it Anyway, you got schooled. Um, Take your turfy ass back to class. Uh, let's see. What are some other big things we want to tie? We um, want to talk about this. Don't recycle a romantic nickname. Now, listen. When Jade first told me about this, this was the first time I had heard of someone calling their significant other Pooh Bear. And to me, that was the most erotic thing ever i was like that is dope i yearn for someone to call me Pooh bear just like i used to yearn for somebody to run their fingers through my hair like they did in the brandy music videos so Whoa. neither of those things have happened so i don't like Pooh bear as a romantic nickname because i think Pooh bear is an ace i'm much more of a tigger kind of gal you are because you know? the wonderful thing about kelly's is kelly's are wonderful thing kelly you're Our a fucking rabbit <laughs> 
acting like a tigger when you're a rabbit. You've never fucked me. <laughs> well, you, you got me there. My bud. bottom is made out of springs. <laughs> I'm pouncy, trouncy, flouncy, founcy, fun, 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 oh, fun. Oh, man. But the most wonderful thing about Kelly's is I'm the only one. Ah! I'm the only one. <laughs> I think I am a poo in bed, though, because I like to keep my top on. <laughs> Just expose my And pot. eat honey. Oh, yeah, girl. You know it. Yeah. Just guzzling that honey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, anyway, please but like, tweet he, us which like... uh, 100 Acre Wood character you are in bed. <laughs> Jesus Uh, also we're not counting the recent movie christopher robin is canon get the fuck out of here with that shit very trash you know what else is also trash is that other bummer christopher robin movie that came out with dom hall i never take a break gleason anyhow also trash okay anyway um Uh, what okay but see this is the thing how dare warner call l stupid when he calls vivian pooh bear in front of the other pooh bear i know this is dumping someone 101 uh, and it's, also, Warner, don't break up with someone in public. Or in, not in, per- but just like, don't, yeah, like, don't make it a date. Yeah. Be like, hey, I'm coming over and we're going to talk in your room. Like, Jesus How Christ. else was she meant to read that? Yeah, I agree. And I agree that nickname recycling is not good. You need to pick a different nickname. That's why I call Mitch Babe 2 Pig in the City. That's <laughs> 2.0. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I just call my partners Hoggett. Hoggett! <laughs> oh my god, Mrs. Hoggett is the feminist hero we all need. I'm right gonna be now. honest with you though, I hate Babe Two Pig in the City. Oh, it's not good. It is so upsetting it's, to me on every good. level possible. This is a great dovetail into something I wanted to ask you. Do you like Legally Blonde too? I don't think I saw it. I'm gonna tell you right now. It is not great. <laughs> so it has Academy Award nominated Regina Hall. Yes. But so here's the thing about that movie is I never watched it in part because I was a religious subscriber to Premiere Magazine for like a really long time. Mm-hmm. Definitely all four years of college and probably some after that. Wow. They were talking about there was like this big long article about Reese Witherspoon and she was so hesitant to do that movie <laughs> Because she was modeling her whole career on Julia Roberts. And she was like, Julia mm. Roberts like doesn't do sequels. And she did it anyway because money. But I just like, and just like everything I read about it, I was like, eh, I don't know. And like, and like Bruiser was gay and like this whole it, thing. It is really weird. And the, the only positive thing I like about it is that Elle brings positivity to a workplace and like makes all of her cohort say like in a bucket nice things they like about each other Aww. which i think is a genuinely good yeah. workplace practice does she make them bend and snap uh, i do not remember it's not a movie i enjoy <laughs> i do not like it but uh according to reese witherspoon there's going to be a legally blonde three at some point Ooh, and there's also going to be a princess diaries three is it definitely going to happen they say that there's a script and they're just waiting because okay, i saw the thing you posted and anne hathaway said it had to be perfect and she's a scorpio so you know she means that shit right yeah also this is a great time to talk about this. Did you like the Thank You Next music video? Uh, I did. Me too. I like. I have <laughs> end of discussion. <laughs> I have reservations about Ariana Grande, like as a person. Mm-hmm. But yes, okay. Me too. Oh, and my reservations about her have nothing to do with the people that she's fucked. Uh, I think they're all trash. Yeah. 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 Honestly, who wants to have sex with Pete Davidson? Not no. me. Well, it's like people like who are like blaming her for whoever's like overdose or whatever. Mac Miller yes. is that a person? That is. <laughs> 
Tell me, Molly, what are the kids <laughs> dishing to these days? I, that just made me so angry. It's yeah. like, you can never, ever blame anybody's overdose or suicide on anybody but that person. Absolutely. Like, it's absurd. Absolutely. And I think, quick cue to ask you, assuming that you could make a music video and reference some of your favorite movies, tell me the three movies you would do in your music video in your thank you next you're not gonna like it Uh oh oh jesus are you gonna say the fucking crow or something worse oh my lord oh god i know what you're gonna say what it's gonna be oh god um it's gonna be cruel intentions another okay. reese witherspoon vehicle uh requiem for a dream i knew that one yeah that one i knew but you're gonna be like oh and i um, thought i'd get fucked in the butt <laughs> but it wasn't a match uh Valley of the Dolls. Okay. Those mm-hmm. are good ones. Yeah. Um, I would say American Psycho, but that one guy already did that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not a fucking sloppy seconds person. Thank you so much for asking. I would do... I was about to. <laughs> oh, my God. I do. Thank you. Next, Molly. I would do Princess Diaries. Okay. Um, uh, Ever After. <laughs> Ooh, yes. And damn it, I was really only prepared with those two princess diaries ever after. Like, do you want to keep it with like a princess theme? I was thinking Princess Bride, but that would be a good one for you. Okay, yeah, let's do all those. All those. I mean, I'm not going to hold you to it. If in a future episode you need to issue a correction, (laughs) thank you so much. So amenable to this. Oh boy, what else? What else do we have to say? We uniformly love the face acting in this movie. Is gorgeous, so great. The sweaters. If I was running for president, my platform (laughs) would be make America legally blonde again. Because, right. oh my God, it's just, the clothes are stunning. Well, and they tell, there's such great storytelling via clothes, right? Because mm-hmm. you have straight up C-U-L-A-L that is so, like, honestly, my, some of my favorite looks in the movie. Like, oh, so totally. Hot pink, so the, California, um, she's so tan. Oh, what's the one? It's her, Um, I think it's the pink dress she wears when she says, I object. That's my favorite dress in the whole movie. It's a great one. Yeah. And it, it's a good reminder to me that halter tops are very flattering on my shape. Um, uh, but then she, well, so many crop tops. We're, like we've resolved to wear crop tops. We're going to wear a crop top. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also I like the when she goes to Harvard, there's a transition to her sort of like lawyer drag where mm-hmm. she's really pretending. And then how that changes when she's serious into it. Mm-hmm. And even how her professional lawyer changes from when she's trying to play by their rules mm-hmm. to when she is doing her own thing. Yeah, it's just such a gorgeous story. Rules. None. <laughs> if you were if you were watching this movie with the sound off, I think you would still understand that arc based oh, on those totally. costumes. Listen, the first time I saw Paddington, I didn't have any sound and I was <laughs> weeping. And then I watched it with the sound on and I was weeping. Uh, have you seen the Paddington movies? No, but I've been referred Molly, to it several times. You Ha- look you're gonna resist me <laughs> i won't you might anyway you should watch them because I'm they're so life affirming i have to say like my biggest takeaway from this movie that genuinely inspires me every day is i am still really waiting for the day when my weird niche knowledge of something brings me immense career success mm. and i know it is right around the corner it happened to me it did tell yeah. me a story of when that happened oh, to you. It's when I got my job at Pinterest. I had Aww. niche knowledge of uh, social media advertising platforms. That's not quite what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like for the day when they're like, Jesus Christ, 
doesn't anybody know if Louisa May Alcott is trans? And you're like, "Ah, perhaps I might be of assistance. I mean, like something that you are passionate about that you knew about. I mean, I just said that thing about V and the. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking knew you were going to say that. That's sure. That's a corner of it, too. You're right. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But I think it I think it can happen. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I mean, I believe in both of us. I believe in you. Okay. One of the details that I caught this time that I'd never seen was when Elle meets Paulette for the first time. She's reading Upscale magazine. And inside, she's reading this article. And we tried so hard to figure out what the hell it was. But it was just like some weird dude. And it was like, are you dying? Are you dying from your... And it might have said wig... Um, yeah, I it was know. really strange. Anyway, I enjoyed detail. that detail and the the magazine that L reads to find out who Warner's brothers marrying is horse and hound. Which it's I actually can... it's fox and hound. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. I clocked it because I'm a big fan of that movie. It's definitely fox and hound. I will like go to the mattresses on this one. Okay, I, I really don't think so. <laughs> I'm listen. I'm gonna pull it up after we finish recording okay. and school you. I would have assumed that it was Horse and Hound as sort of an unsettled nod to Notting Hill, where Horse and Hound is a huge plot point. Hmm, I don't think so. It's Fox and Hound because um, it's like fox hunting. You're you're allowed to believe that. <laughs> um, I'm going to prove to you that I'm correct. Okay. Oh, which has another great line reading, though, of what? Practically deformed? <laughs> oh, which sags into... Okay, so there's, like, a lot going on in this movie around, like, weight loss mm. and, like, body shaming. Mm. It's not exactly body shaming, but I will say the line that Elle says about your class helped me go from a size 6 to a size 4 as somebody who has basically never been either of those sizes since I got boobs. Yeah. That was definitely a line that my eating disorder was just, like, shoop. Right. Um, And then, like, this whole thing about, like, Brooke having gotten liposuction. People just get liposuction. And, like, that's, like, that's, like, a person's choice. Like, I'm not here to, like, police other people's bodies. And just, like, the idea that, like, she won't give her attorney her alibi, even though they have attorney-client privilege, is insane. Well, it's more of, I, the thing I read into that is that, Elle knew if she said it in the room, Callahan would say it out loud in court. And Brooke didn't want it said on the record because she makes her living as somebody who can get natural results. So it'd be like if Jillian Michaels right. said but that she Right, but my point is if she gives that as her alibi to Callahan, that it, like, it's not on the record. It's in the law firm's no, records. I know, but Callahan, I think, to win the case would just say she has a solid alibi. Here's where she was because any lawyer would have can't if she's like you can't tell anybody this he can't legally it would like lead to a lawsuit against his firm okay fair enough which genuinely there might already be one (laughs) Um, the thing about the what i will say about sort of the body things in this movie is that l always points them at herself uh-huh. And there are certainly other opportunities where she could have commented on other women's bodies. Yeah. Notably the bend and snap, which is really good about having all kinds of women yeah. in that montage. So she could have like said it or even about Paulette because Paulette says that she has a fat ass and uh-huh. and, you know, Elle could have said, like, I know this class where you won't have that. She yeah, like yeah. just doesn't do anything. So her, her and, shitty and body also, attitudes you know, are on she herself. She doesn't say anything to Paulette about, like, you don't have a fat ass, which is, like, also a problem. Right. But 
the thing I took the most issue with was when like she's like gonna leave because Callahan hit on her and she's talking to Paulette and she's like I've just got big boobs and I'm like how dare you stand there in front of Jennifer Coolidge and act like you have big boobs I have no time for this yeah. listen as somebody who wears a goddamn K cup mm. I don't have time for this K cups they're not just for coffee anymore <laughs> Hannah Gadsby voice, stop wasting my time. <laughs> and also, Savage by Fenty, get your shit together. Uh, listen. Every as- bra company, get your shit together. And just in general, gang, um, I'm wearing a Savage by Fenty bra right now. The edges are really sharp. <gasps> I would not buy a Savage by Fenty oh, no. bra again. And I love to support Rihanna and all of her endeavors, but, uh, this is like one of the most uncomfortable bras I've ever had. Unfortunate. So sorry to blow the lid off that. I still love you, Rihanna. I mean, but you know what? Also, it's called Savage. Yeah. <laughs> like, she- if you can't take the heat, don't buy the Savage. Uh, you know what? That's pro- that's on me. Never mind. It's on me. It's totally on me. I can't take this bra. Um, uh, I think we covered it. I think we covered it. I think we're good. I had so much fun watching this with you. I had fun I too. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to us dissect this modern classic we miss you and keep being nice to your girlfriends you can find kelly on twitter at kelly anakin you can find molly on twitter at serious molly hang out with your girlfriends this week because love is about everybody cool <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> stay in school uh, molly was just like rolling like the platitudes uh, dice with everyone. <laughs> eat uh, leafy greens i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Moisturize. Uh, <laughs> don't use scented tampons. Uh, <laughs> and uh, no, no leaching tape on Stardust. Carborundum. Dum 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 dum.